Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Down the red carpet or the slightly dirty beige carpet as it is now. <laughs> it's her day they see. And yes, I'm feeling rather young today, standing next to Oscar here. He's 84, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> Not a wrinkle on him, though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when you've been dipped in gold, you know. <laughs> there you go. Yes, all right. Let's see who is in the auditorium tonight. <laughs> Joining us <laughs> is nominated. For his uh, his uh, <laughs> most amount of points accrued in a uh, quiz show on Talk Show, it's Mr. Charlie P. Seventy Nine. Hello, everybody. And uh, I, sometimes, you know, when I'm on this show, I feel like I'm in the artist because I hardly say anything. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Also joining us, nominated for most hosting nights on a quiz show on Talk Show, it's. Mr. Darth Skeptical. Oh, somebody's got to be Billy Crystal. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right, and last, but by no means least, on audio, nominated for Biggest Blowout of the Week, it's Rick Wall. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. (laughs) (sighs) Glad you made it here at One Piece, sir. Yeah, I'm glad to be here in one piece. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we haven't done these awards in a long time, but it's time for the Silent Movie Awards, so it's time to lower the cone. Control, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable cone of silence. What? All right, and joining us in this silent motion picture is... Is Cybob, guest 42, very nice name, I approve, Mr. 
Mr. Randolpho, the seventh doctor, Tim Jury, and hanging from that clock, it's guest three. Don't slip now. <laughs> All right. Now it's uh, our award for best special effects. It's the Typing Monkey. Go, Typing Monkey, go. All right. Here we are. And uh, I didn't... Uh, I didn't ask for nominations for news before we started, but Dave, you had a, a bit of news, I know. Yes, unfortunately, some sad news yet again on from the Doctor Who world. Um, the actor Peter Hall- Halliday uh, has died, passed away, aged 87. Uh, there's a, a little bit of information on it about him on uh, Doctor Who News dot net. Um, he's been in a number of uh, Doctor Who episodes. It first made his first appearance playing Packer in the Cyberman story, The Invasion. Um, he was also providing voices for the Silurians and the Aliens in Ambassadors of Death. And he was a name I can't pronounce in the 1973 story, Carnival of Monsters. And that's P-L-E-T-R-A-C. Is it Pytrack? Pytrack? Uh, so, uh, and he's been in, uh, and he also uh, joined Tom Bacon, the classic City of Death, playing a soldier and providing the Jaggeroff voice. His final appearance in Doctor Who came in the 1988 Remembrance of the Daleks, but he's been in other things on TV, and I seem to remember seeing him in uh, Goodnight Sweetheart not too long ago. So, um, uh, uh, sadly, another of the character actors that have graced the uh, Doctor Who world. Peter Halliday, 1924 to uh, 2012. So, sad news, I'm afraid. But, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, not an isolated event nowadays. And, Darth, do you have some news for us, sir? I do have a little bit of news. Um, Yasmin Page, who, of course, started out in uh, the Sarah Jane Adventures as the sort of principal uh, child actor in that, and then later was savagely fired... Uh, is now starring in a uh, six-part comedy on BBC Three called Pram Face. Uh, it just started airing, or that'd be Wednesday, I guess, maybe the 23rd of February. Uh, if you want to catch it, you should. It's also the entire series is directed by Dan Zeff, who directed Love and Monsters. Uh, Dan Zeff, uh, whatever you might think of Love and Monsters, is a three-time BAFTA award-winning director. He's fabulous. Um, it's I've seen the first episode. I think it's funny as hell. It's kind of like uh, a British American pie, if that makes any sense. Um, but it's good fun. It's on BBC Three. You should check it out. Right. Thank you. And I have a little piece of news. Uh, just came out the wires uh, on Friday. Um, any of you who have uh, listened to uh, the show that we did midweek, uh, uh about my report from Megacon, rambling as it was, wine was involved, that's all I can say. Uh, Megacon has announced on Facebook that uh, to save the date for Megacon 2013, March 15th through the 17th. Hooray! So uh, that clears it as the... um, uh, Liam actually had a a vacation from school, school holidays, uh, which I guess all schools had President's Day off. So... Orlando was just chock-a-block with people. So that's kind of good news. Uh, hopefully there won't be anything else around that. Mind you, there's probably other school vacation 
that I haven't even looked at yet. But I'm looking forward to, to seeing how the guests uh, pan out. And uh, stay tuned for, to the Colton Collective for more Megacon news throughout there because we are planning on going back. And I'm, um, I'm hoping uh, to... Uh, Get us a little more in-depth news from Megacon as 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 the year progresses. All right, stop looking at the text well, chat while you're trying to talk. <laughs> uh, if we're talking about con news, there's, there's the other news that's just been announced as well, isn't it? The Icon 31, the New York one. Uh, unfortunately, uh, because the filming schedule for The Hobbit has changed, Sylvester McCoy can no longer attend that. Uh, so it's quickly announced that Paul McCann will be joining... Um, them there as well, so um, that he will be there as a with a guest with his co-star Daphne Ashbrook. Excellent. Yes, there was there was news all over the wire on that. <laughs> and Dara says that's what you call an upgrading guest. Sylvester <laughs> <laughs> so McCoy regenerated again. <clears throat> all right, that about wraps it up for news, unless I've missed anybody. No, I haven't. Okay, that means I've got to play another clip, which means I've got to find where I put the emotion. <laughs> yes, there's only other, one other person we need to hear from today, and that's from Andy, Mr. Tiggs Panther, who will explain to you how you can get involved in the hilarity and fun that goes on at the Colton Collective Studios. If you enjoy listening, why not join the Collective and participate yourself? Or on Talkshoot, call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a SIP point, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the Shoe phone client if it's Shoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you. Didn't he do well? I think that's worth a, 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 an Emmy, an Emmy nod. Yes. Uh, anyway, since there is no coffee at this podium, I will now bring on to the stage Mr. Dave AC to present the next award. <laughs> and just an honourable mention before we do that. Uh, yes, a very slick introduction for us all there. Hope you all <laughs> enjoyed the uh, 15 or 20 minutes we spent on the red carpet before starting you know, uh, rather uh, elegantly and fashionably late. Uh, yeah, but if you're clean that up. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast later, you will not be aware of that. I just want to just say a couple of things about our, our podcast. As Ian mentioned that uh, uh, we did the midweek one on Megacon. If you do listen to these via iTunes, uh, please click on the, the little uh, triangular button on your listing because you may find that you've missed one of the, sort of the intermediate ones that we do midweek. Uh, we've done uh, actually three this last week, so it's been a busy week, uh, but it's just helped our downloads brilliantly. We've had about a 1,000 downloads in one week, and I think we're heading for 3,500 downloads in the month. So thank you to all those people that have uh, taken the time out to give us a listen, and more importantly, come back for more. So thank you indeed for that. Okay, well, the topic today, as we know, is um, the Oscars. This was a topic that we shelved. Yes, uh, it was, um, um, what do you call it, a slow burner of an episode, uh, a pop boiler of an episode, uh, and we ended up in uh, on episode 137 
the original uh, airing of this, we decided that we would just do about the Cutland Baftas. So if you check back to the 12th of February, episode 137, you'll hear Cutland talking about our BAFTA picks. But today it's Oscar Day. Uh, just before the recording started, um, Ian checked and the actual Oscars themselves take place at 4pm Pacific time, which I believe is at 7pm Eastern time, so that's in a little under four and a half hours from now. So we're giving our thoughts and uh, views on things uh, prior to the actual things being uh, given out. I have a wiki page open for people to check on all the listing of the nominees, and it's uh, wikipedia.org forward slash wiki forward slash 84th underscore academy underscore awards. Now, what I'm going to do in terms of playing uh, audio clips is I'm just going to play uh, nine trailers for the movies that have been nominated for the best picture category. I'm going to briefly give out a list. We've got only a small number of people in the room on audio, so I'm going to say to them, you know, if there's a, a particular aspect of the awards that interests you more than any other aspect. In other words, if you are really uh, keen on supporting up-and-coming uh, new actors uh, or if you're interested in animated films and you just want to confine your comments to that, absolutely fine with us. Uh, but I'm going to intersperse the clips, as I say, from the trailer. So we're going to start with the artist. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the most likely to win. It is simply on my wiki page listed as the first film. So here is a just over two minute trailer for the artist. And surprisingly, there are not many words in it.
and as Val says, I almost think that needs some closed captions for that. Uh, there was some tap dancing. Uh, there was a girl uh, putting a, a man's coat on and pretending that uh, a lover was still with her. There's a dog being behaving badly on a, a dining table. And um, there's a man looking in the shop window at himself wearing a tuxedo. But uh, I'm sure most people will have caught that trailer and perhaps provided the pictures visually in their mind. Uh, we're going to go to Charlie first, who may or may not mention the artist. Uh, you've got free reign, Charlie, and you oh. can talk for as long as you want. We're not going to drag you off stage at all. <laughs> You're not going to play the orchestra music? No, we are not. Oh, well, okay. Um, yeah, actually, I saw, the, I saw the artist you know, a couple of weeks ago. Oh... Yeah, and like at a matinee, it was a Friday matinee, and I've seen yeah, I've seen a couple, I've seen a couple of the, I've only seen maybe yeah, three movies, and and uh, I've talked to a couple people. I've actually talked to a, a local film critic who says the artist is probably going to win because it's very, um, I don't want to say upbeat, but it's very you know, nostalgic and stuff like that, and sort of you know reminds you of you know silent movies, and and he, he talked about that, and he talked about that. Jean Dujardin then was probably going to win the, the Oscar for how he you know sort of acts the part of us you know he plays the part very well and he does play the part very well as a silent movie star. Um, see what else? Oh, we only talked about you know we only talked about and also that, that um, um, you know, I got to saw I think I saw one short animated short. Called what was it called again? Let me look at. I got my list here. Uh, do, 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 a morning stroll, which was pretty odd. I don't know if it's gonna it's gonna win or not. Um, I know the um, for the animated features. Uh, actually, the the um, uh, Chico and Rita is actually coming out. Just came out this this last week. This this yeah last weekend over here in the, in, in the Minneapolis over here. So hopefully I could uh, I might see that. I don't know if I'll see. Um, See what else I want to talk about. Uh, that's you said the morning stroll. It's the morning stroll, not the morning walk, isn't it? Is that it? Oh yeah, morning stroll, whatever it is. Yeah, for a short animate an, animation, which is it's a bizarre. I, I only it's only when I saw. I mean, yeah, yeah, morning stroll, bizarre film. But <laughs> I, anyway, I, I saw it in the, in the the film critic said you know. Think of the one, think of all the movies that didn't get nominated. You know, they're more bizarre than this. Um, yeah, I think I, I I haven't really seen that many things nominated. I, it's one of those things like I, I try to push myself. I know usually like the weekend before. I guess yeah, the week this weekend. If you if for the people who you know are ambitious, they they, they have a double. They have uh, they show there's movie theaters out there that show you know all nine movies. I know, over a weekend, I didn't think I needed to do that. So, you know, I've seen I've seen artists and I've seen The Help and I've seen Midnight in Paris. Those are the three movies. Oh, and Tree of Life, I've seen four. So, but I probably Artist is probably going to win because it's the whole thing about the uh, the director of the film. Let's see, Michael Havanishis. He uh, won the um, Directors Guild Award, and usually the person who wins the Directors Guild Award ends up winning. I think maybe like, there's a good, I don't know, 90% chance that they'll win the best director award. And because, and usually the whole, the best picture and the best director are usually t- uh, hooked up by, uh, or tied together by that, by that. So, 
yeah, that's all I have for now to say about the Oscars. Okay, well, I'll ask if we can go to Rick Wall in a minute, but just let me deal. Uh, Willis Curley says she's not hearing any audio, uh, so I'm just oh. putting in typing. Um, so hopefully she'll uh, get that to, to drop out and come back in. Uh, uh, Rick Wall, are you all are you okay to go and talk either about the chat before you go? Let's play. I'll play the clip for the Hugo trailer, and it'll give me time to help Willis Girl. All right. wind-up figure. Like a music box. He built him. I would think a magician. You see this? A keyhole in the shape of a heart. Another mystery. I think the... There was a fire. You're coming with me. Where are your parents, little man? to uh, Rick Wall. Uh, I've just put in text, but just in case anybody didn't see that, uh, it, obviously if there's any major plot reveals, try to avoid them if you've seen the films. So, you know, talk about the quality, the, you know, what your opinion was of it. And, uh, of course, Rick Wall, you don't have to con- confine yourself to those two films. Talk about any aspects or any section of the awards that mainly interests yourself. Well, um, uh, no, I'd like to talk about uh, Hugo. Um, I, it's one of the few films I've seen this year. Right. Or the past year, whatever. Uh, meta-nominated. Uh, and most movies I like or whatever either aren't nominated or lose horribly. Uh, uh, actually, I think uh, Martin's Scorsese has a chance at uh, getting the best director because he stepped away from what he usually does, uh, like gangster movies and uh, uh, action-adventure type things, suspense type things. 
um, with this a little bit at any rate. Um, I, I'd say it's the most special effects um, a heavy movie he's ever done, which isn't saying much because they really aren't that heavy uh, in special effects to begin with, unless you count benefits. Uh, but um, I, I think he might have a good chance at it. Uh, any other awards on it? I don't know. Uh, it was all right. Um, I just was expecting a little more, maybe too much. Uh, maybe I get picky too much. Uh, like I said, um, uh, stuff I think you, or I pick is either not nominated or doesn't win at all. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, I give up my, every year I give up my tickets. Uh, um, so, uh, I guess I'm one to talk anyway. Uh, but I liked it. And I think, uh, Marty, um, has a chance. Uh, to win something. Um, and uh, I believe Moneyball was up for one also. Uh, that was one of the other films I saw this year. And I liked that. And, uh, that, to me, was a fun uh, sports movie. If you're in the sports movies, um, might have a chance at winning uh, or at least uh, being close to um, um if it is, uh, it might have a run at the best film, in my opinion. But again, like I said, I'm one to talk. I, my picks bomb most of the time. <laughs> Why do you think that is? Do you just have a slightly different um, take on things than you think the, that many people do? Or, uh, or what? Um... Yeah, um, and, you know, it's all politics, okay? Uh, I remember uh. one year, uh, I remember one year, I thought, uh, no, what the heck movie was it? Um, oh, uh, Alien Resurrection was up for uh, Best Special Effects. Right. And I thought, and I thought they'd win. And they didn't. And they lost to a film basically because of the films, the other films, and I forget, for the life of me, I can't remember the, the movie, but it did have very beautiful costumes, but still. Uh, in my opinion, it lost because the uh, the other movie had better costumes. So you think the, the ones that are more art house and things like that tend to win? Uh, you you never really can tell with these people, but yeah, a lot a lot of the judges, a lot of the officials um, um, do go towards more towards art house um, um, type stuff. Um, I believe the average but, age is well over 60, isn't it, of the people who have the vote? Uh, not really. There were, no. uh, um, um, 
you know, no, most of the people who vote are the heads of, um, well, well, the the ones that count the most are the heads of uh, the uh, um, the guilds, and uh, the uh, um, special effects um, uh, unions. A lot of them are relatively young people, uh, and uh, we, you know, they're not. Um, uh, they don't just vote on special effects; they vote on everything. Um, right. You know, uh, they're not over sixty, meaning young. You know, uh, um, I, I you know I, I don't know ages off the top of my head of most of the people, but um, it, it like I said, it's hard to, to uh, and it's also who um, uh, uh, pushes their movie the most to the people, and you know. Uh, um, uh, in, in cons, uh, how you how you present the movie to these people, and uh, uh, you know during the year how you present the movie to these people, and uh, what kind of gifts. Uh, I, I hate saying that uh, or implying that people bribe uh, them, but they do. Uh, you know so. It's it's hard to to judge exactly what and where they're going to uh, uh, vote for and, and and how they're going to decide on their votes because you know every movie you know from animation to uh, to live action uh, you got costume drama you got soapish drama, you have sci-fi stuff, you know, it's hard to to judge on what they're going to judge on because of the range of, of the movies. Um, you know, people say acting, uh, cinematography, stuff like that. Yes, that all factors in, but, you know, it, it, it comes down, like all contests, it's basically subjective. Right. And I would imagine as well, for some of the categories, maybe, uh, you know, best director or whatever, sometimes um, they're awarding it not necessarily for that one piece of work, but maybe, maybe for their body of work, um, if you know what I mean, that adds weight right. to it. Right. Uh, that's why I think, um, 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 with all due respects to the um, um, director of the artist, you know, that um uh, that's why I'm working for Marty. No, it's something he never has done really. And you know, I think he did a good job. Uh and parts of it and, and this isn't giving away much. I was bored, but it wasn't that bad a movie. Um uh would I see it again? Yeah. Um but um you know uh like i said my my taste in more um um sci fi obscure stuff and horror anyway, so like i said, I'm one to talk uh 
No, um, uh, when I went to see Titanic, everybody was ranting and raving about it. I came out and I was like, yeah, it was okay. Give me SLS Titanic though, which is the which is the original. <laughs> or the long or the longest day. I forget which. Yeah, no, I think it's the longest day, right? It's Titanic was uh, I'll have to check that. I can't check that at the moment while I'm running the show. I'm, perhaps somebody else in the anyway, room will be able to do that. Yeah. Anyway, I was like, give me the original, which I thought was superior. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, with the number of people in the room, we're certainly going to come around more than once. So if uh, uh, if you'll let me, I'll move on, and we'll we'll certainly come back to you, Rick Wall. I'm hoping in a minute sure. to go to Darth, but uh, at this point, I, I just better read out the list of the nine films, because I'm hoping that when Ian comes on, he's going to tattle some of the names of the best directors, because I'll mash them up. Uh, so um, we've already played uh, the uh, music, or the trailer from The Artist and Hugo. Other nominees are The Descendants, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, The Help, Midnight in Paris, Moneyball, The Tree of Life, and War Horse. And I'm going to play the War Horse trailer now. And hopefully Darth will be okay to go after that. What is it? It's a horse they find wandering about in no man's land. What kind of an horse? A miraculous kind of an horse, be my guess. I'm sure, and Darth's going next, so he may be able to tell me. I thought that was Benedict Cumberbatch on that horse making that speech, but maybe not. And Charlie's put in the room uh, A Night to Remember, uh, Rick Wall, uh, was the British film about the Titanic. So that may have been the one you were trying to think about. Yes, that was. 
Well, thank you, Charlie. Mikey scored another five points. And uh, let's go to uh, Darth. Again, Darth, confine or expand to any particular area you, you're more interested in. I'll start just by answering your question. Yes, indeed, that is Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, great. Um, Good. But um, I, I think I would I would generally agree kind of with what Rick Wall has just said in that I think the sentimental favorite, as it were, is probably the artist. I, having seen all these pictures, I am uh, of two minds. One is <laughs> this this year more than any other makes me kind of angry at this new, relatively newish um, division between Best Picture and Best Animated Film because what it's done this year is it has left Tintin out of everything. Because Tintin is neither animated nor not animated. It's a totally new kind of technology for feature films. And so, therefore, it can't be nominated anywhere, which sucks because it really is an extraordinary piece of filmmaking and deserves some kind of recognition, but it's getting nothing. I I don't think it's in in any technical category even. It's just like it doesn't exist, which is crazy. Um, the other can thing I just that, start, sorry, Mr. Yeah, can I, can hmm. I, is it is it a bit like Avatar in that way? I mean, Avatar got made into into the best category, and that was sort of, I mean, is it is it is it done in that sort of style? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, okay. it's not. It's not. It's not because with Avatar you're doing sort of CGI where yes, there may be some motion capture involved, but you're you're not you're you're trying to get. Uh, real shading, real. You're trying to make it look as close to real life as you possibly can. Uh, this is something different. More special effects, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is where you're actually directing real actors in a in a traditional sense, and you're you're sort of filming it once as a real film, and then you're running that through the computer and adding on to it a, a style that is deliberately not realistic. It deliberately has a a an almost two-dimensional sensibility about it, but it comes across as me. It's very hard to explain it because it's it, it is in a world of its own right now. Um and so I while this is one of the cases where I think that the the British Academy did a better job this year because at least it it nominated Tintin. At least it said, you know, whatever this thing is, it is a film and we're going to nominate it like any other film. But this division that exists in the American Academy between um, animated and not animated means that a film like uh, Tintin just slips through the cracks, which is a tragedy. Um, The other thing that's disturbing this year is that I honestly think that the quality of the two foreign language best animated features, that is A Cat in Paris and especially Chico and Rita is so high that they deserve to be in just best film, period. And the fact that we've gone from 10 to 9 this year when you got Chico and Rita in the mix, it just makes me furious that you know 10 years ago we decided to split into best animated feature because there are some animated films that are simply best film material. And I think Chico and Rita really is. Um, but turning to Best Picture, 
the thing is, I'm pretty sure, just like Rick is, that it's going to be the artist. Because that's what everybody's talking about. It's got the, the highest profile of these things. But I'm, what I'm kind of hoping happens is this. I'm kind of hoping that those people in the Academy who are inclined to vote for experimental things or things that push the boundaries of film or make us remember what it was like, you know, that, that are about the process of filmmaking, will be split somewhat between the artist and the tree of life. Because those are both those are the the films that sort of push the envelope a lot, and maybe just maybe by some miracle, Midnight in Paris will get through. Because I'm telling you, of all these films, none of them made me feel as rejuvenated, as glad to be alive, or whatever as Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris is, I think, an extraordinary film um, that just is at the very essence of what filmmaking is. And it's one of those films that you kind of really have to watch in the theater because, you know, you've got the gorgeous backdrop of Paris that's spectacularly photographed. Um, And, you know, it's about an extraordinary event, and yet it's not exactly fantasy. I mean, it is sort of fantasy, but it's sort of, it's it's got one foot firmly in the real world, so you can relate to it. Um, And so I'm kind of hoping that'll make it. It probably won't. But I'm, I'm very glad that it's at least nominated. And um, although I, I again agree with Rick about Martin Scorsese getting Best Director because it's sort of his time, and this is an ex, you know an exception to his usual body of work, and it's it's it is really just quite a well-directed film. I again am kind of thinking Woody Allen. Uh, I would love to see him get it. I wouldn't feel bad at all about that. Um, for best actor, if it's not George Clooney, why even make the award happen this year? I mean, seriously, of those guys, this I think of the acting categories, this is the easiest one because Clooney is so profoundly better than the other people that are in this category. Um, best actress is a little bit harder because again, you got you've got you know Glenn Close and Meryl Streep up against each other, so that's going to naturally split some people. I'd love, I'd love for it to be the Iron Lady, uh, or rather Meryl Streep. I think it'll probably be Viola Davis, though, um, as sort of the sympathetic favorite. Um, it'd be great if it were. Basically, anybody in this category is fine with me, and Best Supporting Actress is kind of that same... Um, Actually, Best Supporting Actor and Actress are, to me, both very, very um, toss-up categories. Um, I, I I didn't actually see Bridesmaids, so I'm not really sure about Melissa McCarthy. And I didn't see uh, Albert Knob, so I don't know about Janet McTurner, but I, I, I'm guessing it'll be Octavia Spencer especially if Viola Davis doesn't win Best Actress, I think it'll it'll be Octavia Spencer, because somewhere in here, the help has got to win something. It just has to. Um, and Best Supporting Actor is, by far, I think that is the hardest damn category, because every single one of those guys is amazing, just totally amazing in what they've done. Um, I, I would kind of think that the... The slight favorite might be Christopher Plummer, but who knows, really. I, I, 
I can't I can't name any one of those guys as being clearly superior to the other. As for original screenplay, um, I if it's the artist, I you know I mean I know that silent films do indeed have screenplays. Obviously, you have to have some basis. I mean, a screenplay is a blueprint for the film more than it is just a collection of dialogue. On the other hand, I honestly think that if Woody Allen doesn't win anything else, he should win this. Because the screenplay of uh, Midnight in Paris, like like almost everything that Woody Allen writes, is just really well-observed dialogue. It's incredible dialogue. And, and, and the conceit of the play or of the piece is is really pretty fantastic. And I, if Woody Allen walks away with nothing, I'll be really devastated. If he only walks away with best writing, I say only walks away with it. But <laughs> if he gets at least best writing, that'll be a validation for the film. And I think it deserves something. Um, as for the adapted screenplay, I don't know. I, I, I honestly think that the probably the best one here... It, and I think I said this with the Bassett thing too is Moneyball, um, because the uh, uh, you know it's one thing to adapt from a, a great um, novel or a great piece of fiction, but to adapt from nonfiction is I think a harder trick, and I, I would love to see the the writing of both the screenplay and and by default the original source material get validation because it's it's really a very very compelling story and the translation is wonderful um as for animated feature again i swear to god if we get pixar or dreamworks in this one i will be so furious when you've got chico and rita and you've got cat in paris there this category should not belong to an american this year it just shouldn't uh I I personally think Chico and Rita is is slightly better. It's got more energy to it. It's I like the the um, the the style a little bit better. But I mean, Cat in Paris is gorgeous too. One of those two. I hope they don't cancel each other out, and therefore we get something uh-huh. stupid like Kung Fu Panda two winning, just because it's stuck around. But I I would say that in order, it's probably Chico and Rita, Cat in Paris. Rango, Puss in Boots, and then Kung Fu Panda 2. You know, in, in actual order of quality, that's what it is. Um, in terms of your your best foreign language film, again, I'm really, really, really hoping it's a separation. Uh, it's a stunning, stunning piece of work, and I, I just think it would be great if it won. Um... The um, I don't know. I I don't know where I'll go next here. But oh, one of my big pet peeves of this 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 time around is best original song. Seriously, there are only two. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Seriously, if there's only two, I mean, in a sense, I would say why even hold it. On the other hand. Of course it's Man or Muppet. I mean, it's the best song, not just this year. It's the best song in about ten years out of film. So, you know, I'm, on the one hand, I'm glad that they didn't cancel the category, because certainly in the past, you know, we've canceled categories when we don't have enough uh, participation in that category. But this is, you know, as you might suspect, that this is 
definitely the low point for that particular category. Um, we've never had only two before. Occasionally we've had three. Most of the time, of course, we have four or five, and back in the heyday we'd have up to ten. Um, but it, it's I, I refuse to believe that there are only two songs possible. Um, but anyway, it, it definitely should be Man or Muppet because it's, it's a fantastic song. Uh, the score, oh, here we go. Here's where you get 1010, I guess, coming in. It won't win. Um, John Williams will cancel himself out since he's there for both 1010 and Warhorse. Warhorse wasn't that great anyway. 1010 was actually a good score. I really did like it. Warhorse, though, was n- nothing extraordinary from John Williams. Um, I My guess is it'll probably be Hugo. Well, actually, no, it'll probably be the artist here as well. Um and uh, I don't know the category. I'm, I'm looking for categories I care about, sort of. Um, costume We're design. using this page, by the way, for those following along from the wiki page. Go on. Right, just the standard Wikipedia page. Um, the costume design. Um, I think ooh, this one is, is quite tough, actually. Um, especially since, and I think this is where you get the difference between BAFTA and Academy eligibility. Here we've got We, or W.E., which is, of course, the Madonna film about um, ooh, Edward VIII and what the hell is her name? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, The uh, Simpson. The Sim- Wallace Simpson, yeah. yeah. Wallace Simpson. Um, this is you know, that's Academy eligible, but it's not British Academy eligible this year. Um, so that's why that wasn't, I don't think that was a nominee in the BAFTA. No, I don't, I don't think so. Anyway, um, because that's there, I mean, there is nothing there that's wrong. I mean, not any one of the Anonymous, The Artist, Hugo, Jane Eyre, and W.E., all of them are stunning costume designs. Uh, so I don't know what you do with that, um, except maybe, the, again, just go with the sentimental favorite and say, oh, it's probably the artist, but I don't think any one of those is wrong. Um, best visual effects, <sighs> who knows? Um, I'm kind of vaguely hoping they give it to Harry Potter. I mean, you got Harry Potter, you got Hugo, you got... Actually, Hugo is maybe better in terms of its actual quality of special effects, but um, uh, whether whether the American Academy really cares that as much about Harry Potter as uh, the British, who knows. Um, but I I would put Harry Potter there, probably just for, for the reasons that Rick was talking about, that there are some films and there are some categories that you just give to the sentimental favorite, or you give to the the people that have been there all the time. But I think that the Harry Potter team have won an Academy Award before. I'm not sure. Um, so maybe, I don't know. I would just do it just because, you know, as a celebration of that entire 10-year filmmaking period, I suppose, right. which is maybe not fair. Um, uh, best makeup, if it, honestly, I mean, again, I haven't seen Albert Knobs, so I don't really know. But of the two I have seen, I would I would give it to the Iron Lady just because, in, 
in terms I mean there's a lot more makeup work that you have to do with Harry Potter because you've got to do a lot of makeup for a lot of people and you know there's a war sequence there so every single character has to have war makeup and you know in terms of the volume of makeup surely Harry Potter is much greater but in terms of the quality of the makeup I swear I have seen a ton of people get aged makeup before but I have never seen anything that was that consistent in its quality that you could film from any angle that you could just hold and hold and hold and hold the camera on them and nothing about it looked fake nothing um it is a masterwork of uh, creation, not just for um, Meryl Streep, but also for Olivia Coleman, who plays her daughter, and for, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, anyway, the guy who's playing Dennis Thatcher, too. Quite. Um, I'll I'll link up a minute. Yeah, I'll I'll a minute. But anyway, Jim Broadbent. The, Jim, Jim Broadbent. Jim Broadbent, yeah. Thank, the, thank you, Charles. Yeah, thank you. The fact is, everybody in that film, all the principals at least, are in some kind of makeup. Oh, and there's some scary good makeup on um, John Sessions, who's playing um, Heath. Oh, my God. He, when I looked at him, I was like, that is Heath. I mean, it really it took me a while to figure out I think I had to go to the credits to figure out that it was John Sessions because it looked it looked just like, and the guy that playing um oh who uh, John Hurt um, the uh, you know foreign Thatcher's main foreign secretary ah it, it was it was really very very scary um, so I I hope that that wins because the, you know it's one thing to make up fantastical creatures you know Harry Potter looks like Harry Potter because he looks like Daniel Radcliffe. But we're not trying to match him to a real-life figure. With Iron Lady, the trick is, not only has the, the makeup got to look convincingly older than what the actor is, it also has to look like Margaret Thatcher. It has to look like, you know, Dennis Thatcher. And that's that's a harder job still. So I'm kind of hoping for best makeup. It It really goes to... Um, Iron Lady, um, and I guess you know of all the. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's really anything else here that I really want to talk about. Best. Well, ju- just while you think about that, yeah. let me just read out um, uh, for the n- multiple nominations. Um, uh, there are eleven nominations for Hugo, ten nominations for the artist. Six nominations equally for Moneyball and Warhorse. Five nominations for The Descendants and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which I haven't mentioned yet, I don't think. Four nominations for The Help and Midnight in Paris. Three nominations for Albert Noobs, is it? Harry Potter and the Deathly Gallows Part 2. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Transformers, Dark of the Moon and Tree of Life. And two nominations, Bridesmaids, Extremely loud and incredibly close. The Iron Lady, My Week with Marilyn, and the separation. I don't think you mentioned My Week with Marilyn or um, or um, the girl with the dragon tattoo. If you if you feel they need a comment. Well, uh, I mean, My Week with Marilyn. I sort of touched upon in that. that that's of course what's giving you the um, 
Kenneth Branagh, Kenneth Branagh. nomination as Lawrence Olivier, which is an astounding performance. But the problem is, in that category, every one of those ca- performances is extraordinary in some way or another, but all in completely different ways. Um, so it's a real toss-up. It's a great film. It really is. I'm a little surprised it's not. Uh, is it? Is it best film nominated? I can't remember. I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's not. Um, I'm a little surprised that it's not. Again, you know why they have dropped down from ten to nine, and also why you know honestly. I mean, one of these in there really doesn't make any sense to me. Extremely loud, incredibly close does not make any sense to me why that's in there. It shouldn't be. It's been, you know, fairly consistently panned uh, by most critics. I don't really get why it's there at all. It's it's not a great film. It's an okay film, but it's it's very, I don't know, by the numbers, um, pulling emotions kind of. I mean, it's it's... It's acceptable filmmaking, but it's certainly not. I don't think uh, best picture level. And you know, I would have, I would definitely thrown that in there. Uh, Girl with Dragon Tattoo. I just didn't like it. I mean, I just don't. Uh, it, it's hard for me on that particular film to really separate the filmmaking from the film. You know, there there's some films that you can go into. Uh, maybe like like Hugh, like like Rick Wall was saying before. Um, you know, Hugo for him is a film that is is boring in the middle, and I certainly understand that. I don't personally think that, but I can see why people would sort of say there there are definitely pockets in that film where you might fall asleep. Um, well, I didn't fall but asleep. I, I think but I, it was I, just like get on with hmm. the story. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. like, there there are points where maybe it doesn't move along, and I think in a film like that, you can you can separate out the filmmaking from the film, if you don't necessarily enjoy everything about the script maybe itself, you can still look around and you can see, oh, I like that performance or I liked, or I can tell that that's great cinematography or, you know, I can actually hear that the sound mixing here is, is notably better than, you know, some other film that I just saw. Um, you can sort of take away the layers, but for me, for some, whatever reason, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo... I just, I don't, it's one of those films that I don't find anything great about. I just don't, there's no superlative I can attach to any aspect of it. And so that's why I'm a little bit surprised that um, it's gotten the number of, I mean, yes, it's got five nominations, but let's be honest, they are mostly technical nominations. Um, I don't particularly see that, uh, but somebody does, apparently. Right. I think it's also got a lot of fans from the actual book, hasn't it? So uh, I think it's probably got a groundswell of the people who, who read that. I think it's a series of books, isn't it? Look, um, while you just some perhaps come and think about any uh, sort of overall thing that you want to say, uh, let me go to the next clip uh, because it's the Midnight in Paris one that you raved. And by the way, uh, Midnight in Paris, looking at the wiki page that I put there, nice little Doctor Who uh, connection there. They've got the um, the Starry Sky uh, Vincent van Gogh uh, image in the poster that, of course, was used in Vincent and the Doctor. But anyway, here's Midnight in Paris trailer. 
like this? This is unbelievable. There's no city like this in the world. You're in love with a fantasy. I'm in love with you. Dad's here in business, and we just decided to reload a little. Oh, <laughs> that's great! We can spend some time together. Yeah, I think nice. we have a lot of commitments, but I'm sure it's we'll... what. If I'm not mistaken, Rodin's work was influenced by his wife, Camille. Rose was the wife. No, he was never married to Rose. I hope you're not going to be as antisocial tomorrow. I'm not quite as taken with him as you are. He's a pseudo intellectual, slightly more tannic. And the 59, I prefer a smoky feeling. <laughs> Carol and I are going to go dancing. Yes. We oh. heard of a great place. Interested? No, no, no. no. Yes. I, I, I don't want to be a killjoy, but I, I, I need to get a little fresh air. shower and I get the, the positive ions going in there. I had a private detective follow me. And what happened? I don't know. The detective agency says the detective is missing. I'm in a very perplexing situation. Uh, sorry for playing the full trailers, but um, they are indeed, you know, promoting these films. Uh, I feel as though that trailer gives a real sense. I mean, I haven't seen the film, but to me, that sounds like a, a, a very good trailer. It seems to capture that light-hearted mood with a sense of mystery and romantic comedy. And uh, maybe that's not the, the style of the film, but to me, that gives a very um, clear message of to the sort of film I would be expecting to go and see. So, um, no, I think I think it is actually a, a very representative sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any any more summation that you want to make, and uh, and hopefully then Ian will be good to go to follow for, to follow you. I mean, since you play the trailer, just that it's a damn good film, and everybody should go see it. I think um, it. Uh, it's it's especially I think required viewing for Americans maybe more than uh, non-Americans because you know France has taken such a beating in America over the last decade um, and you know there are a lot of Americans who just really don't like France because of what they failed to do I suppose in the uh, most recent Iraq War um, that it is uh, refreshing to see. Uh, a film made by Americans, starring Americans, set in France, that gives a realistic view of a lot of different American viewpoints on France, on you know high culture, on other things like uh, that you would expect to come up in a film about France, um, but to have the central character be very pro-France. Um, it's a pet picadillo of mine. Maybe it's one of the reasons I identify with the film so much because, um, you know, it, it, France is great and France is a, a country that 
you know, stood by us in our hour of need, you know, when we were fighting to get away from you guys. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think that it's been disingenuous for us in the 21st century to turn our backs on France. And I think that this film sort of shows you why France is very, very cool. Right. Uh, I was quite young when I went to uh, France and Paris last time. I went with a school trip. And I thought, I'll take something back for my mum from France. So I bought a French loaf. And it came all the way to the train, all the way over the ferry, all the way from south of England to the north of England. And when I got back to England, it looked like a battered. <laughs> you know, it was broken in about four places. I said, here, yeah, mum, I brought you a present. And it was about three-day-old French bread that had been dropped in a couple of puddles. <laughs> Um, and I and I bought my dad. I think it was a, dad, a little miniature statue of uh, the Eiffel Tower. But I think really it was a toy because I think you had like a gyroscope that you spun in it. You stood on the top of the Eiffel Tower and uh, you spun it with that. Yes, uh, well, great contributions. Ian. I can hear that uh, Ian's back. So just before we're a little bit behind on the trailer, so I'll play the Descendants trailer and then uh, Ian uh, can have his say. Sorry to bother you, I'm Matt King. Yeah, I've come to pick up my daughter, Alexandra. Alex? Dad? <laughs> What's up, Dad? <laughs> What's happening? You need to come home and see your mom. I'm the backup parent, the understudy. I thought you were supposed to be getting your act together. I've been doing really well, actually. Nobody ever seems to notice that. And with Elizabeth. My wife in the hospital. My daughter's attesting me. Look who's here. Get out of my underwear, you freak. Oh, okay. Don't Back inside now. Real good job you're doing. We have to go through this thing together. You and Scotty and me. Dad, this is Sid. He's going to be with me. I'll be a lot more civil with him around. What's up, bro? Don't ever do that to me again. I have to go around and tell people what's happening. Family and a few close friends. I don't want to talk about mom with anyone. Look, whatever you two fought about, you have to drop it. Grow up. You really don't have a clue, do you? Mom was cheating on you. Old man running. I'd like to know who the guy is that my wife was seeing. What you've been going through, that's a tough deal. I'm just trying to keep my head above water. <laughs> I'm going to hit you. How often do old people just haul off in cold cocky like that? And at the risk of offending Darth, I've got to say, unfortunately, a couple of days ago, I watched uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. And um, he, he was saying very much the same lines in Fantastic Mr. Fox. But never mind, there you go. Uh, that's a versatile actor for you. So, Ian, uh, hopefully you've uh, you've got enough uh, quality to, uh, to uh, stand against Darth in your little uh, 
description of movies and so on. So there you go. Uh, you're, you're on well, well, that. One, okay, one of the reasons why I've been so quiet is if everybody's wondering. It's an unusual thing for me to be this quiet unless I'm not here, which is last week, <laughs> which is why we had such a good show. Um, I haven't seen... I've seen two movies that I think that have actually been nominated for, for something. Uh <laughs> And that would be the last Harry Potter movie. And uh, actually, three, I lied, three. Uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and Transformers Dark of the Moon. Um, and those three are all eliminated in the same category for best visual effects. Um, Harry Potter is uh, hard for me to judge because you know, I think all the visual effects in, in all the movies have been good. Um, so it's kind of hard. It's like, oh, what makes that better than? I've seen Hugo, but I've seen the the, uh, the the previews for Hugo, and it looks beautiful. Um, Transformers: Dark of the Moon. I don't think should be nominated for anything because I saw that movie and a twelve-year-old watched that movie and couldn't wait to get out of the room. Um, so how many gets in there long enough to watch Transformers: Dark of the Moon and actually focus on? anything other than how bad it was. Um, and I, I can't believe they're still making more Transformers movies. Um, my, son is, my son has actually watched Transformers the movie, the cartoon one, um, probably five times. I don't think I could pay him to sit through Dark of the Moon again. <laughs> wow. um, so again, you know, uh, uh, I have to agree with... Um, um, Oh, the one you were just talking about, the the the, the descendants. No, prior to that, pa- pa- uh, Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris. That uh, actually, I was waiting for one of you guys to say which one it is, and I had a look in, in the list to see what it was because halfway through listening to the preview, I'm like, this actually sounds kind of good. What is this about? Um, so even even just an audio kind of piqued my interest. Um, and who doesn't love uh, um, George Clooney's voice? I mean. Just listening to him talk is just fun. I could get him to to read the phone book to me. Uh, I just love the sound of his voice. But I, like Dave said before, you're, you've reached the low brow point of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I I'm really interested in seeing um, uh, what's it called? See, I'm really well prepared for this show. <laughs> Extremely loud and incredibly close, but I can see that it's one of those movies where I'm going to be bawling my eyes out partway through the movie. And so it's one of those ones where it's like, I don't know if I want to bother. <laughs> um, again, I, 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 I'm this is going to be one of those things where I'll, I'll look at the list after and see who won A, because we don't have TV anymore. Um, and, and, and B, because... Award shows are so incredibly long and so incredibly boring. Um, there, there are so many breaks in between you know, awards, and they always say, oh, coming up next, awards for this, 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 and this, and you're like, oh, cool. You know, the Best Actor Award's coming up. And then they repeat the same thing for the next five commercial breaks. Um, I should know by now. They're not going to do it until towards the end. Uh, one good thing about this award ceremony is I think after a Twitter campaign, the pig and the frog are presenting. So that's got to be good. <laughs> the pig and the frog get the presented award. I don't know what award it is. It doesn't actually list what award they're presenting. But, you know, the Muppets are back and they're better than ever. Who thought after producing this 
line of knockoff movies of of other movies, you know, you know basically Pirates of the Caribbean, Muppet style, uh, Wizard of Oz, Muppet style. Um, that they're back with their own movie, you know, back from that the heyday of, I mean, my favorite movie ever was the Muppet movie. Uh, I used to go and watch that at my uncle all the time. He had a copy of it. I think I wore it out. But Betamax is clearly superior. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, the Muppets are back doing what Muppet movies did back in their heyday of having an original idea and the Muppets doing human things, really. Uh, which is where I think they're, the Muppets are in their element, um, doing these regular kind of uh, normal things. You know, he was he was in the original movie, you know, uh, Kermit going to Hollywood, you know, and this road trip, and how fantastic that was. I haven't seen the new one. I want to see it because the really great thing is everybody's abuzz with Muppets, and uh, Darth loves the Muppet movie, and I haven't seen it yet, and now I want to see it. And I actually noticed that uh, it's on Amazon, and I can actually go out to my TV and watch it tonight. But then I'm going to convince A couple of things that have not been mentioned uh, that uh, in uh, the third annual Governance Awards ceremony on November 12th of 2011, uh, the following awards were presented. The Academy Honorary Award uh, was given out to James Earl Jones and Dick Smith. Of course, we all know who James Earl Jones is. Dick Smith is, uh, and I've been trying to look this up because I didn't know, uh, he is a makeup artist. and the uh, James Earl Jones was uh, given the award for his legacy of consistent excellence and uncommon versatility. And Dick Smith was uh, presented the award for his unparalleled mastery of texture, shade, form, and illusion. Uh, the other award that was given out was the uh, Gene Herschelt Humanitarian Award, which is given out to Oprah Winfrey. And Charlie P says in chat, Dick Smith is a makeup god. He is, really is. I mean, there's yeah, a lot of how movies. about you? How about you step in there and 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 uh, <laughs> explain to the good people at home? I mean, just one of those. I mean, he, he's one of those people. Like, I talk to people like Rick Baker and stuff like that. He's very influential. You know, he wrote um, like how to do ma- makeup, um, monster makeup. You know, and for uh, and stuff like that. And just all the movies. I mean, yeah, he did like The Exorcist makeup. He did the makeup for. You know, he did all the Godfather makeup of um, like Marlon Brando and stuff like that. And when Al Pacino gets his jaw broken, he did all that stuff and all the, the you know the squib stuff. And he did like you know the makeup for um, for Taxi Driver when when Robert De Niro gets gets a mohawk. He's basically you know he just you know he didn't get a wax on mohawk. He just you know Dick Smith made this appliance and he stuck it on top of his head and such like that. And, I mean, he goes back. You know, he did you know he goes way back. I mean, he go, he did a movie called. Uh, probably the only person who saw this movie called The Alligator People, and just you know, it was just simple. You know, you look at it like, yeah, oh, that's pretty. That's pretty good for you know, 1950s makeup and stuff like that. And, and all the stuff he he created and stuff like that, like spirit gum and all that, and all the um, not spirit, well, all the stuff you know, the st- stuff they probably use and still now and on on Doctor Who, you know, that whole um, old Amy makeup. That's very you know, probably you know, very you know, Dick Smith like, such like that. So. 
Certainly in uh, Amadeus, he transformed F. Murray Abraham into the elderly and uh, right. crumbling old uh, Salieri, yeah. I think he was playing, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that's my contribution. Basically, not much at all. Um, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to seeing some of these movies now because you guys have been talking about them. So, what does that say? Uh, <laughs> yeah, back to you, Dave. Okay, well, uh, let's go on to another trailer. This is the Tree of Life. Yeah, and I should know that music. Darth, do you want... Can you name it? The classical music? Well, I don't know... Well, I don't know what the the second part was, but the the original (laughs) part. You should have recognized from episodes of um, the quiz show that we do on Friday nights. In fact, it was told this very last one. That's uh, Vlatava by Bedrick Smetana. Thank you. Okay. Um, right, well, let me uh, add my set. And by the way, when uh, Charlie P says about his makeup artist, my makeup artists were the uh, the, the Westmores, Wally Westmore. I always remember watching films. It was, of course, this is the the time when they'd they'd have these people at the front of the film. You'd go and they'd tell you the people that were doing the film, and then the film would start. Uh, not nowadays where it gives you 10 minutes to walk out of the cinema, are those people who are interested in seeing them are trying to see the screen when, um, oh, I think my screen, is my, am I still here? Because my screen's just gone flat. Hello? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, you're still there. Oh, my screen's just gone uh, dead for the moment. Um, so, um, yeah, all the Westmore, I think there were six of the Westmore brothers. Um, so they were really... Uh, good uh, and then of course in the costume department 
Edith Head was the person I remember. Um, they so, weren't uh, really all brothers. Some of them were sons. Oh, were they? In the Westmore, yeah. Bud Westmore, yeah. Wally Westmore, those are the names. Okay. All right, well, I'm, I'm, Ian, you might have to take over running the show in a minute because uh, I'm going to I might have to reboot my computer when I finish my bit um, um, the, the, not a lot to say myself either. Hugo I think I mentioned before we started recording when, when they showed the, the trailer in the UK on the BAFTAs I was rather upset that it seemed to show a little bit of a, a spoiler in it <laughs> and my other uh, I haven't seen that film but the, the main thing I saw when I saw the policeman in the station <laughs> it reminded me the uh, the policeman out of their lower low, so it, it really threw me somewhat seeing that. Um, and again, we there are two films here: there's the Hugo, and then there's the uh, extremely loud and ext- uh, uh, close film. Again, we've got uh, two two films where a key seems to be the essential uh, thread in the movie itself, which seems rather strange. Uh, they only there's only really one. Uh, category that I am really rooting for and anxious for, and of course that is in the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy uh, one, the Gary Oldman. Um, I really would like him to win. I can't say whether he deserves to, because I haven't seen the other performances, other than to say that uh, whatever those other performances are, uh, Gary Oldman's performance I thought was excellent. In fact, it was a great cast, of course, um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch was in it, uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy as well, and the the very great up and coming actor Tom Hardy was in it. Uh, Tom Hardy's in a, a new movie recently where he plays a, a boxer, I think. But he's he's been in all sorts all the way from when I first saw him in Jane Eyre and Inception. So um, I don't think it'll be long before he'll be winning himself an Academy Award. Um, Meryl Streep, I believe, I think we mentioned this last time, she's had 16 nominations, so I think this is her 17th nominations. And um, again, I've only seen the trailers, but she seems to have absolutely uh, captured uh, the epitome of that uh, character. Um, And, uh, you know, again, it would be difficult for me to see that... uh, uh, portrayal as being topped, but there again, I haven't seen the other ones. And listening to those trailers that are played, and Ian might have to play the next one if he can possibly get it queued up, if he can remember which ones I've played. Uh, the next one should be Moneyball, Ian, uh, then The Help, and then Extremely Close. Those are the three still to play, just in case I have to reboot. Um, the... Um, the the, uh, the the one in France, uh, Midnight in Paris, really, listening to that trailer, that's the one trailer that really has got me excited to perhaps go and see it. The War Horse one I was looking forward to seeing, but it does, the trailer does seem to be overplaying, uh, the, you know, it seems a bit smolchy, or whatever the word is. Um, I don't know whether, whether they've glorified the war or not. Uh, and while Ian gets himself sorted out and if Darth is available, I do seem to remember, if it's not too spoilerish, Darth, you said that you enjoyed the war horse, other than that one scene towards the end didn't seem to to work well with you. It didn't seem to um, be in keeping with the rest of the movie. I don't know whether that ruined the film for you. But at that point, Ian, I think I might have to back out and boot up because something's happened to my monitor. Uh, Darth, do you want to mention anything about War Horse or what? 
Um, well, I would only note that the that um, Kaminsky, who's the uh, cinematographer for War Horse, is not nominated this year, and I think that there's good cause for that kind of just because that, like I said, that the very very end, the, the literally the last scene, it is completely stylistically lit in a way that is is obviously fake and makes things look like they're on a set when they probably aren't on a set or maybe they were and they inserted it whatever it, it is one of the most jarring cinematographic um, effects I've ever seen in a film it goes from being an incredibly realistically lit film to being something from 1950s Hollywood and it is jarring. Um, so, I mean, I'd, I do note that he is not nominated. Oh, no, he is. Oh, my God, he is. There's no way he can win. If he wins, I'll be so upset. Um, uh, I think I think it, I think this is crazy. In fact, now that you've brought this up, I didn't even notice it before that he is nominated as best cinematographer, but Spielberg is not nominated as best director. That's crazy because actually the direction in um, War Horse is at times quite breathtaking, really quite breathtaking, and I'm not I, I'm not sure. You know, I I think that probably the spot that would have gone to Spielberg might be taken up by Malik from Tree of Life, and I kind of think that Malik's just. Getting something or 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 pain, I I I could have done without Alexander Payne in The Descendants, to be honest with you, because um, I can justify the Malik thing because Tree of Life is trying to do something innovative and it requires a, a different sort of directorial style and different uh, you know it's a totally different kind of project. It's, it's an assembly project, and so it's. You know, a, a director who has to think with the mind of an editor in, in a in a way that's maybe bigger than than uh, you know Woody Allen or whatever. Um, if I but can, uh, sure, go in. Um, uh, getting back to the war horse for a second. Um, mm. I've heard from people: if you want to see it, go see the play. Uh, it's superior to the movie. Uh, they've seen both, and uh, again, I've seen neither. So, but that's what I've heard. I don't know. I've. It's. Uh, it's Presumably, there's more than one theatrical production of Warhorse, though, so they may not all necessarily be superior. Yeah, but they may be. Um, I mean, they're probably working from the same script, so. Right. Yeah. Different actors, you know, stuff like that. Um, At least uh, here in New York, they've they've seen the Broadway version. So, ah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't speak to that. But uh, I I didn't see anything about the the actual direction. I mean, okay, the director outranks the cinematographer, and so therefore, ostensibly, Spielberg would have called for that very bizarre lighting of of the final scene or whatever. Uh, but still, 
for the most part, I think it's an incredibly well-directed film. Um, and, and, you know, kind of the best thing that he's done since maybe uh, Schindler's List, in a way. Um, though Schindler's List is it's far better in terms of its direction. but And maybe, maybe that's the deal. Oh, maybe I think that might be the deal with why he's not getting it because he's got not just Schindler's List, but you got Saving Private Ryan in there, and you got Empire of the Sun, and you got him dwelling in this area of war uh, as a director quite a bit. And when you when you place it against those other films of his, is this you know better than Saving Private Ryan? Is it better than Schindler's List? And it probably isn't, but it still is. You know, against this list, you know, looking at is The Descendants better directed than War Horse? And I think that the answer is no, it's not. So, you know, from that metric, it makes sense to me that he should be nominated for Best Director. But from the metric of, you know, versus his own body of work, you know, Spielberg versus himself, no, it's not, it's not up there. But... That's okay. the tough thing about Academy nominations. Uh, let me just read out some from the wiki page some of the, before I play the next uh, trailer, uh, some of the records and statistics for this one. Uh, Woody Allen, at the age of 76, becomes the sixth oldest nominee for Best Director. Viola Davis becomes the only, uh, only the second American, uh, African-American actress to receive multiple Academy Award nominations. First was Whoopi Goldberg. These are all... Uh, Good trivia questions for Mike. Uh, Gary Oldman, after 30 years in film, earns his first nomination for his role in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, his 48th film. Christopher Plummer, at the age of 82, becomes the fourth oldest nominee for Best Supporting Actor. And Meryl Streep, making her old record, earns a 17th nomination for an acting award. Most nominations received of her by an actor and actress prior to Streep uh, was... Um, Set by uh, a record of 12 nominations was set by Catherine Hepburn in 1981 and subsequently tied by Jack Nicholson in 2002. Uh, so, um, and uh, that's about it, I think. Uh, oh, yeah, Vax Monsido at the age of 82 becomes the second oldest nominee for Best Supporting Actor. So uh, I'll play the clip for Moneyball with two more to play after. There are rich teams, and there are poor teams. Then there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. That's a dollar, man. What? Welcome to Oakland. I need more money. We're not New York. Find players with the money that we do have. I like Perez. Got an ugly girlfriend. Ugly girlfriend means no confidence. You guys are talking the same old nonsense, like we're looking for Fabio. We got to think differently. Who's Fabio? <laughs> Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. And in order to buy wins, you need to buy runs. Who are you? I'm Peter Brand. First job in baseball? My first job anywhere. We're going to shake things up. Why don't you walk me through the board? I believe there's a championship team that we could afford because everyone else undervalues them, like an island of misfit toys. We want you at first base. I've only ever played catcher. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, watch. It's incredibly hard. He can't throw. But what can he do? Do you want me to speak? When I point you yet. He gets on base. We are card counts at the blackjack table. We're going to turn the odds on the casino. I'm heading in. Text me the play-by-play. Wait, what? 
I don't want some games. Billy Bean has tried to reinvent a system that's been working for years. It was a nice theory, just not working out. How long is Billy Bean going to last? He's proven himself right out of a job. In their minds, it's threatening the game, threatening the way that they do things. Hey, Daddy, do you think you'll lose your job? What? Where did you hear that? Well, I go on the Internet sometimes. Don't go on the Internet. Watch TV or talk to people. You're discounting what scouts have done for 150 years? What the hell am I doing? What is happening in Oakland? It defies everything we know about baseball. Just plain crazy. If we win with this team, we'll change the game. I'm going to stop that there. It goes on for another half minute or so. So, um, uh, one of the things that uh, I think was Charlie, you've uh, been quiet for some time. Do you want to come back in at all? Um, I was just about just yeah commenting that you know, um, I said like I said I've seen a handful of movies. Yeah, but my favorite the favorite one I've seen is Midnight in Paris. I, yeah, I, I pretty uh, love that movie. Yeah, you know, I going I've been to Paris and yeah, enjoyed it. And you know, I like um, and the uh, you know I've reading books of Hemingway and um, F. Scott Fitzgerald such like that. You know, I'm a fan of the 1920s and such like that. Um, a couple of days ago, I went to this. There's this annual thing at um, McAllister College where this film critic named Colin Covert, who writes for the Star Tribune, does this little Oscar, you know, pre-show thing, and he and we watch, like, you know, like um, clips of stuff like that. And we watch, we watch this clip of War Horse where, um, where they get where they where they get the get the horse to plow the fields for the first time. And I saw watched it with my mom and uh, who grew up on the farm and you know and New you know rode horses and and uh, you know knew stuff about horses and just said you know that's not accurate you know you need if you you need two horses to, to to plow a field and the horse you're using is it strong enough to plow a field and then she's like and then she said you know I'll cut some slack it's based on the children's book um, yeah be shy of horses wouldn't they yeah big shy yeah. horses um, yeah I think uh, and I did and I, I also I mean. Secretly, probably, I, I might say, you know, if a you know, trio life, I would like to see that win because uh, when uh, a guy from Minnesota is nominated, Bill Polad, who's uh, the son of uh, former Twins owner, the late Carl Polad, so that's probably that's sort of the other thing. If you know, if, if, if either of those two, I want either one of those two. Pretty much, I'm rooting for those two to win for uh, best picture. So. Okay. And um, I don't know whether you, you're the person that might comment on this, but just going back to the Moneyball one, um, there seems to be a lot of uh, American films where, where they'll make a film, uh, you know, like Field of Dreams and this, that and the other, where they basically say that the actual sport, you don't need to be a, a fan of that, that particular sport to enjoy the film. Do I, does either Charlie want, or anybody else in the room to comment you know, with with Moneyball, do you need to actually be interested in the sport, or is that just basically the backdrop against which the story plays out? Well, basically, you have to have a uh, working um, um, knowledge of of baseball and uh, um, players and stuff like that. 
um, it was a little more than um, um, just the background stuff, um, sort of. Um, but uh, it was more the uh, um, how or the, the thinking of the general manager, and uh, um, you know he used a lot of computers, and nobody in baseball used computers. Even to this day, a lot of people still stay away from the computers. And, uh, you know, there's a saying in sports and baseball in particular, you can't buy a championship. But uh, uh, many times that's been disproven. But still, it's still a quote-unquote saying and quote-unquote a truism in sports. At least people think so. Um, And... uh, that's basic, you know, the basic gist of, of Moneyball. Right. So I'm looking at the the uh, the wiki page about it. Uh, it's talking about the the teams in 2000, 2001. So I mean, computers were about then. So, but you're quite right. Probably not adopted at this sort of level. And uh, you know, the number guys. Okay, we're, we're uh, running... not accepted. Oh. Uh, Used, yes. Uh, not totally accepted. Uh, you know, the, the computers have been being used in sports uh, um, 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 quite a while, actually. Um, a uh, guy on the Mets, um, oh, God, what was his name? Um, uh, the uh, manager years ago uh, for the Mets, Johnson. Uh, I forget his first name, uh, was very into computers and stuff, but not so much the business end. Uh, did they use computers and you know say, oh, this guy uh, uh, hit uh, 20 home runs. Okay, let's put um, 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 $50,000 uh, $50, um, um tag on 20 home runs. So anybody who uh, hits 20 home runs is already worth uh, 50,000. Okay, he he scored 200, well, no, that's too many runs. He scored 120 runs. Okay, let's say somebody who scores 120 runs is worth another $65,000, $70,000. Okay, you know, and of course, I'm pulling numbers out of my hat, but yeah. that's ba- you know, I, I uh, that's basically the way Moneyball was. Um, you know, like I said, it was basically the quote-unquote business of baseball um, um, being revolutionized. Well, not really, because like I said, even to this day, people don't use the computers that much. Uh, and they they laugh at people who play fantasy sports, especially fantasy baseball, uh, and and stuff like that. Still, um, but when they were talking to that youngish guy, uh, and he said, "This is my first job," uh, he was their computer. Um, um, what do they call him now? Uh, Computer game consult, uh, player consultant, or something to that effect. 
And that was the first time teams really relied on somebody like that that much. And basically what he was was a um, um, fantasy baseball geek. Mm. Uh, and, and stuff like that. You know, the TM would go to him and he'd go, well, you know, we're thinking of trading so-and-so, what, you know, for so-and-so. Uh, anybody in your league you or any of the leagues you're in have these two players and see if there's an can you see if there's any interest in a trade like this and stuff like that? Or do, do, do you have these two players or, you know, do you have this one, our player and does somebody have the player we want, you know, and, okay. and stuff like that. I'm going yeah. to get the whole, I'm going to get the hook out now, Rick. Uh, so uh, the, the basic point is that for this particular sporting film, then uh, some knowledge of the game Will perhaps be required. Let me. I've got two more clips. Well, uh, Dave, I'm, I'm yeah, eager can... to move on from this point, but I'd, uh, I kind of disagree with that. I mean, the thing you got to remember about this this uh, incredible adaptation is that it's partly done by Aaron Sorkin, who of course brought you The West Wing, and just like The West Wing, where if you know a lot about American politics and, and the intimate details of how the executive branch works, you'll be rewarded by that knowledge because right. there are little things that are dropped into the script that are true. Um, you know, if you know about David Justice, for instance, who's a, an A's outfielder who's in this picture, in this picture you'll be right. rewarded by that knowledge in the script. Do you need it going in? I don't think that you do. I mean, I think this is a film that will play to somebody who doesn't know anything about baseball, but it will play better to somebody who knows a little bit more about baseball. Right. Well, I did say that it's more uh, on the uh, um, business end than the playing end. So. Absolutely, just as the, as the, as the book is. Um, you know, but right. still, I mean, it has to be remembered, this is a, a, a real event. This is, you know, biographical stuff. So everybody who's in this thing, you know, from the Brad but Pitt I th- character. But I think if you know the players, it helps a lot, too. It, 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 it definitely adds something. But, you know, I, I think maybe David's asking, you know, here he, he's British, he doesn't know anything about baseball. Would he be able to go into the film and actually get anything out of it? And I think, yeah, you would still be able to, it still, you know, obeys dramatic conventions of explaining who this person is, what their relationship is over here. And although there are some, you know, fine details that you're not going to necessarily pick up on or appreciate, I don't think that you're going to, be missing the point any more than an American who watches, you know, are you being served? Are you, is an American going to miss some of the points? Yes, you know, because we're not, you know, we don't come from a culture where strikes could happen at any moment or where there's a strict hierarchy in the workplace and all that. But we'll still get it because it is adequately explained and it's explained by one of the best script writers in the business, uh, especially, you know, when one of the best script writers for adapting real life stuff. You don't get any better than Aaron Sorkin, is what I'm saying. Okay. Right. Well, let me go to the the help trailer. We've got one more after that, Ian. So we may may finish out at the two hour mark. Okay. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> we didn't ever think you'd leave all Miss. It just takes four years, Jolene. 
I got a job today, writing for the Jackson Journal. Great. You can write my obituary. Charlotte Phelan, dad, her daughter, still single. This is dress look I made. I reckon when you finish it, won't. Thank you. She look like the winning horse at the Kentucky Derby. I've drafted the Home Health Sanitation Initiative. The what? A bill that requires every white home to have a separate bathroom for the help. Maybe we should just build you a bathroom outside, Haley. Women raise white children. We love them and they love us, but they can't even use the toilets in our houses. Minnie, are you in there? You are fired! You said to write about what disturbs me, particularly if it bothers no one else. I'd like to write something from the point of view of the help. I want to interview you. No maid is ever going to tell you the truth. That's a hell of a risk to take in Jackson, Mississippi. Courage! Isn't just about being brave. It's about overcoming fear and daring to do what is right for your fellow man. What changed your mind? God. And Miss Heavy Holbrook. I'm gonna help with your stories. We all are. Y'all brought me into this. But I'm gonna finish it. Have you lost your mind? No, ma'am. But you about to. Scandals. Sounds like Jackson, if you ask me. You tell Abeline. Do I have plans for her? You are godless. We've gone done in now. <laughs> Interesting, by the way, it seems quite a long film, that, of the ones I've looked at on the wiki page, 146 minutes, nearly two and a half hours, so that sounds, uh, I don't know if that's heavy going for that length, but it, uh, again, seems to evoke the age pretty well from the, the trailers that I looked at. Um, so, basically, Ian, I think we'll, we'll uh, I've got one more thing to think, but is, is there anybody dying to uh, come back on maybe anything that one of the other members said and uh, I will just give a, a last shout out to um, uh, to Cybob, uh, Randall Thor, Mystery Presenter, Willis Girl that are in the room if they want to quickly come on audio, they've got a little bit of time left if they want to do that and in fact perhaps while we wait to see if uh, Mike or the others want to come in on audio, let me play the, the final clip in and then if they don't come on perhaps you can take us around the room. So this is um, extremely loud and um, something close. What's the, the final part? Incredibly close. Incredibly close. My dad said the way I saw the world was a gift, that I was different than everyone else. A great game we'd play was reconnaissance expedition. He told me to bring back something from every decade in the 20th century. I found something from every decade. Already? You rock. Are you there? 
What do you miss about him? I miss his voice. I miss his voice telling me he loves me. Me too. After he died, I found this key in my dad's closet. How can I find the lock that it fits? What's it got to do with my dad? I told you I didn't know anything about your father. Finding what this key fits would be a miracle. He must have wanted me to find something. What is it open? that in the text Ian but uh, perhaps that might be a way of ending our uh, event yeah yeah okay well that brings us to the end of our awards ceremony all that remains is to let the cleaners in and clean up after us lot <laughs> but as Dave has suggested in the text chat which none of you can see unless you go and get the text chat grabber and uh, and download what's been going on behind the scenes Yes, it's a special award for text chat. Uh, unfortunately, it's this empty can of beer. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're going to go once around the room and uh, see if there's any uh, predictions that anyone has for tonight's awards or any upsets or so on and so forth. Really short, don't worry. Uh, Dave, do you have any any predictions for tonight? Well, I think I think uh, the artist will uh, run away with at least five or six awards. I think that's fairly clear um and uh i i still am holding out of course for gary Oldman in tinker taylor soldier spy and uh i would like um i think i'd like although i haven't seen it uh from um darth's enthusiasm for it i think tintin ought to uh win it in its category all righty charlie predictions for tonight uh, yeah, it's, I'm probably, it's probably going to be artist for you know, at least best picture and, and, and director. It's probably, and I, 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 yeah, I do. I don't know. I do hope there's going to be some upsets somewhere. I don't know where, um, because last year was boring. Last year was predictable and boring. It's just a terrible train wreck of a award show. But I'll be watching tonight, and hopefully tweeting about it. So that's all I that's all I have to say. Okay. okay. And uh, your predictions on who's going to get the music played uh, played over the top of their their, their acceptance speech? <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, any predictions you have, sir? Any predictions you have for tonight? I don't know who's going to get. Probably somebody somebody nobody remembers. Probably get. <laughs> <laughs> who's that? Who, uh, who cares? Went in the bathroom. I thought he was going to nominate you and me, and but no, I didn't. <laughs> didn't rise to it, did he? No. Darth, your predictions, sir. Oh, 
I don't know that I have any predictions beyond the ones I've already given. Um, well, what are the important ones to you, then? Um, I don't know. They're all kind of important. Um, Well, I guess the the one that I hope that might actually make a little bit of difference is I hope that a separation wins best for language film. There you go. Okay. See, that was easy. I was about to start playing the, the, that, that music to cut you off. <laughs> and speaking of cutting people off, it's time for us to depart. I'd like to thank uh, Will Scurll, Mystery Presenter, Seventh Doctor, Randall Thor, Cybomb for uh, hanging with us in the uh, auditorium until the very bitter end. Yes, not, not not many people can 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 last this long in an award ceremony. Now it's off to to party somewhere, I'm sure. All right, nothing more to say now. Then it's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC. And goodbye from Ian. Going to Elton John's uh, after bash party, no doubt. Bis it. Goodbye, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.